What's up, bees? Hello. Welcome to the Brit on Blast podcast, where we put everything and anything on blast. Britain, what is this week's roundup? This week, we're talking about the gut-brain connection. And, you know, after researching this, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. It's, it's so strong, and it is so impactful for, you know, our overall well-being, our mental health, and our physical health. And it's just, I'm excited to get into this topic. We're going to get sciencey with you. And yeah. Yeah. I like the sciencey part. I love that we're pulling that in. I love that we're talking about also crapping your pants. So stay tuned for that because it's a, we did talk about that. We did. And you know what is like so funny? I just thought about this when I was doing research on this, like I realized that they actually do fecal transplants into people's colon to like help their, like an unhealthy person. And then they take a healthy person and they take the fecal from the healthy person and transplant plant it into the healthy, the unhealthy person's colon and it changes their life. You guys, this is wild. I'm going to hard pass. <laughs> Isn't that w- fucking nuts? That's not okay. It's not, but it's happening. <laughs> it's happening in America. Anyways. God okay. bless America. Enjoy the show. You Let's guys do it. So talking about the brain and gut relationship, it has been just something that is like trending right now Mm -hmm. across research. And, um, I have enjoyed researching this so much, but like full disclosure, we are not scientists and it gets very sciencey, but I think at the end of the day, we just like really, our main goal is to just like make you guys aware of what's coming out because, it will, knowing this information will make you healthier and then also make you more efficient in your life and your business and your relationships. And it's just so interesting to me. And after I was telling you this before the podcast, like after knowing this information, I feel like I've known it my whole life. I'm like, how did we not as humans put this together earlier? Mm -hmm. Like it's 2022. I remember like when I, it was like 2011 and I was getting, it wasn't even 2011. I think it was like 2008. I was having horrible gut issues. And I think we talked about this on the last episode. Like I had like, it felt like I had a bubble living under my rib cage that like would cripple me. And I would have like these cramps and then I would get sick and like, I would put food into my system. And depending on like my levels of stress at the time, I would get like, I could not keep food in my system, but I was gaining weight. It was like a trip. So two hours after I'd eat, I'd get super sick. And, you know, I grew up in Tahoe and my mom like cooks pretty clean. Like my mom's pretty healthy. She always has been. We eat like of the earth, if that makes any sense. She's always been like a meat and veg kind of a woman. And then when I moved to Southern California, I was eating like, first off, I was on, I was in my relationship with my ex-husband. So I was like highly stressed. And then in addition to that, I was also, um, I had been exposed to like fast food, which we didn't really like, I had to drive to Reno to get fast food. Like our fast food was subway. So, so gross. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And it was like, we didn't even have that that often. Um, we like our fast food was like the grog, which is no longer an incline, but that was like grog and grist. And it was like subway. It was like really good deli sandwiches or Rayleigh's deli sandwiches. So, you know, it was just different the way that I grew up and then to be exposed to fast food. And then my ex and his family were really into like eating, you know, 
Cheesecake Factory and like all of those chains. And I, mm-hmm. I just did not grow up like that. Like we grew up with like family style restaurants. Like the, there just isn't that. Right. And um, I was just wildly sick. But back then, to your point, there was nothing. There were no like, there was no research, research or yeah. like, and so it, I remember going, I was like in, in and out of the hospital. I was in and out of the gastroenterologist. Like I was in, and nobody knew what was wrong with me. And then finally one um, doctor was like, yeah, so I think you're just celiacs. And I was like, okay, so I'll just not eat gluten. And like, that was still making me sick because I wasn't necessarily like eating cleaner or healthier. I was just like subbing it for different things. So mm-hmm. now I'm like obsessed with what I put into my body. Like, now I'm on the seed oils kick. I won't get you. Have you heard of this thing? Um, no, but I'm excited. It's about to ruin your life. Okay. <laughs> uh, for those. Oh yeah, no, no, like all, how detrimental they are. They're I thought so- you meant taking them. I was like, wait, there's good. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Seed oils are like so bad for you. They're yes. so inflammatory. They're in, everything. they're in everything. So like sunflower, grapeseed, palm, like all like palm is supposed to be like slightly better, but not really. Um, and then in addition to that, like oat milk is super, super bad for y'all. If you don't know that it's so bad for you, like so sugary, inflammatory. It has like high concentrations of, I think if I'm getting this right, there's high concentrations of like cancer causing and inflammatory. Yeah. I think it just goes back to like, you know, diet is so important Mm -hmm. and we are just now learning like how detrimental everything can be. And Mm -hmm. also, I mean, I, with you, like my mom fed us really healthy and she came from California, which, um, like, so she's one of seven and her family was like, kind of like hippie-ish. And I remember like my mom was like emphasis on eating organic before it was a thing. And then like at lunch, like I had, and now we know that this isn't necessarily good for you, but like, I would have like tofu wraps and people would like make fun of me, like lettuce tofu wraps. And I was like, mom, can I just have a lunchable? Like, and she was, she got cooler, like, and was like, you know, got it. But like, it's like, we did eat healthy and my mom definitely, um, understood that. So I feel like I've kind of been privy to health information my whole life. So we're the same. Oh, I wasn't allowed to have lunchables. We weren't allowed to have like twin. I don't, I have probably had like five Twinkies in my whole life. Well, that's for the better. I think they're not I'm, even good. To be clear, when I did have one, because of the way I was raised, I was like, what the fuck is this plastic in my mouth? And then, yeah. And then I was ill. No, yeah, no, <laughs> then it makes you violently ill. But anyways, like the gut brain connection is just, it's just so interesting. And it kind of also like brought me back to my psychology days when I, cause I graduated with a bachelor's, which I well aware doesn't mean anything, but like I was interested in psychology because I, for like the therapy aspect of it, cause I kind of consider myself like a good listener mm-hmm. and like empathetic. And so I've always like wanted to do the therapy, but I remember I took like a cognitive psychology class and our professor brought in from a cadaver, the central nervous system. So it was the brain and the spinal cord. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. So ever since then, I've kind of just been like intrigued by the brain. Yeah. And we don't have like that much, that much research on it. Like, I think as a kid, I always thought that we'd be so much further along and know things like, Mm -hmm. and we just don't. And so this research has been coming out for the past 20 years, which I think I said in the last podcast, like anything within in the medical field within the last 20 years is considered recent. And, um, it's just, it's so interesting. It's so cool. So I'm just like ready to do it. I know we can jump right into it. And I know that, do you want to jump into like the American psychological association piece and then, yeah. So 
There's just so much research that's showing that our brains and our gastrointestinal systems may be more connected than we previously thought, uh, potentially holding profound influence over our moods, mental health, sense of well-being. And so we talked about this last episode, mm-hmm. um, but is our gut our second brain? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as humans, we often process experiences through emotional responses in the body. So something is happening externally and we use different sayings like this news made me sick to my stomach. Like you can sometimes feel like the innate response to something that's like, you can feel it in your body. Like some people can feel it in your body for me. And this is kind of, we can go back to, um, human design in this. Like I was just listening to something in regards to human design yesterday. And it was talking about how we really need to work on, um, for people who are generators or projectors who are like gut instinct or gut intuition or, um, or instinctual, which is Britain and I calming your nervous system so that you can understand if it's a fear response or if it's like your intuition speaking to you. And so I think that this is something that's, there's no denying that you can feel a response to something that's happening around you in your body, in your physical body. The hard part that we have, I think, and that I've been struggling with is like, is that a fear response? Is that a conditioning response? Or is that actually my instincts telling me to like move in the direction it needs to be? For example, if I eat a lot of sugar of any type, Mm -hmm. I am in an anxious state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is no denying that. And like, I can feel the, like, and I almost, and I did this, I had cookies last night. Cause as we're having this conversation, I'm like, yeah, I ate like a bag of cookies last night. Were they clean cookies from Siete? 100%, but they still had sugar in them. And today I'm feeling lethargic and I'm like, oh yeah. The hangover. I have a hangover. And you think about like when you drink alcohol, and you have that like anxiety or like all of a sudden you feel more emotional, like because it breaks down as glucose, it breaks down as glucose. So like, what are we putting in our bodies that are impacting our like emotional responses Our um, you know, like our in- intuition responses? Definitely. Um, I yeah. mean, and also just like making the decision, like with our gut, you know, like we're going to show you like the research behind why you get gut feelings Mm -hmm. and like how you should listen to them because they're so important. So, you know, historically we used to believe that emotions solely took place in our brains. You're like, you're feeling sad. That's happening in your brain. We now know that that's simply not true. And in fact, our gut and our minds are so closely related that doctors are treating illnesses and disease completely different from how they were before. Yep. So for example, someone who suffers from IBS, irritable bowel syndrome may now be treated with medications and treatments that are used for anxiety or depression and vice versa with some doctors treat like treating depression with pre and probiotic supplements Mm -hmm. or anything that just overall improves the gut health, which is like, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm depressed. Like that's in my brain. Why are you giving me a prebiotic? Like this makes no sense, but that's how closely related the related these are. So we know that the connection is so strong, but how these are related is so like intricately scientific. So we're just going to like kind of break it down pretty easily, but we're going to first start with the gut. Okay. So when we refer to our gut, we're referring, we're referring to the entire gastro tract. So from the second that we put food in our mouths and we start breaking that down, it goes all the way down to our colon and then eventually the exit. So that's what we're talking about. Um, and all the research that is coming out is heavily focused on what we call microbiome mm-hmm. and every single person has them. They live in our entire tract. So 
our mouth all the way down. Um, so what are they? Um, they are trillions of microorganisms that live in the different areas of our digestive tract. And they aren't just in our digestive tract. They're on our skin, they're in our nose, and anywhere the environment can get into your body or anywhere your body is exposed to the environment. But 90% of the microbiota is located in our gut. So some people refer to this like as bacteria or the pH in our gut, but pretty much it's just like the thriving ecosystem that lives within our body. Mm -hmm. Like, so our body is an ecosystem. And then we have a mini, like all these mini micro ecosystems, like that, and you know, the micro like biota changes from like your mouth to like your soft kiss yep. down to your colon. It's just like so interesting. We have trillions of them. And I think as women, like you understand this because if anybody's dealt been to a gynecologist or anything like that, you know, you're dealing with like the pH of your vaginal system. And so like, this is similar to that, but it goes across everybody totally. because that's always something that we have to think about as women. Yeah, definitely. And like you may not know that like maybe you're feeling like too acidic or your diet is too acidic. And so you just feel down or like lethargic or, you know, sugary or like whatever. And that's the pH of your body being like, we're messed up. Like the microbiota is off balance and now you feel like shit and you might even feel depressed from it. Right. And I think that's a big thing too, because you can think about times like, I mean, think about food is fuel. And like, that's the thing that I get passionate about in this space is like food is literally like you can tell And I think maybe it's because I've had such like a frustrating experience with food in my life. But like when I eat meat and veg, I'm fucking fired up. Like Mm -hmm. I can handle a day. There's no issues for me. Like I'm not getting sick. I feel like my brain is functioning. The second I start introducing like any refined sugars or gluten into my system, I'm fucked. Like it's not a fun experience for me anymore. And and I'm fucked as in like, I can't think straight. I'm tired. My mood is is like, you can be moody. Yeah. I feel depressed. Like right. all I want to do, is I feel lethargic. I just want to lay on the couch. We've all felt that. Everybody 100%. knows. 100%. Or like the brain fog. How oh real God. is that? And that's because like when we eat sugar or when we eat outside of like what our diet should be, then the bad bacteria starts to take over, right? So then you have more of that and the levels are off. And so you just feel horrible. All right, so you guys know that I live for Western wear, specifically my boots and my hat. So I wanna talk a little bit about a brand new brand that is new to Reno, Nevada, and is from our beautiful babe over here. So Britton, tell us what Murdoch's is. Well, first of all, hats have been one of my truest loves since I was a kid. I swear I had a hat on in every single picture as a child. And then they quickly became a BLFT signature. We couldn't find the hat that was just perfect. And so we decided to design our own. Murdoch's is a family brand that started in the great state of Nevada in the 1950s. My great grandparents started Murdoch's Western wear. Fast forward 60 years, the Murdoch sisters recreate this homegrown brand by curating a hat line that embodies the spirit of Nevada. We were raised in this amazing state and we watch in Nevadans ability to put in a hard day's work on the ranch followed by a hard night's play at the casinos. We pulled inspiration from the everyday beauty around us, the sunsets, Lake Tahoe, the mountains, and the forests. I'm not gonna lie, I have full body chills right now because you hit so many nails on the head just now. Like there's nothing that screams Reno, Nevada more than family and community and a little bit of Western. So the fact that you put all of our favorite things together and then you made it all about like bringing back the roots of your family brings me so much joy. 
Y'all need to check out Murdoch's hats. Where do you find them? Murdoch's hats and apparel.com. We love it. Go shop y'all. So Britt, why intentional candles for mental health? Because building healthy habits around your intentions can have a positive impact on not only your mental health, but your overall productivity. I wanted to create a premium non-toxic candle that reminded my customers that life is complex and we can live in the and space. Talking about mental health and mental illness doesn't always have to be scary or depressing. Uh, Sometimes it can be fun and enlightening. We are wildly unique and expansive creatures as we've talked about on the podcast before, and we can be many things in a day. And sometimes we just need to light a candle to remind ourselves who the fuck we are and what we are capable of. I 100% agree with that. Plus your candles smell so good and they fill up my whole house. I hear you have something special for our listeners. I do. I have a little promo for our bees. Y'all can head to havenandflux.com and use code BOB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. I hope y'all enjoy. Obviously, you know, the microorganisms living inside of us play such an important role in our moods, energy, brain function, and overall well-being, but most importantly, it affects our brain health. So how microbiome benefits the brain, according to healthline.com. So certain species of bacteria can help produce chemicals in the brain called neurotransmitters. We kind of touched on this last Mm -hmm. week, but just like a little refresher. So for example, serotonin is an antidepressant neurotransmitter that that is mostly made in our gut. So pretty much the healthier our microbiome is, the more serotonin will be produced, meaning the less likely you'll suffer from depression. You'll be happy. Yeah. So that's why if you're suffering from depression, they might say, hey, take this probiotic. Right. Like that's where it comes into play. Well, and we talked about last week, like what a difference probiotics make as a whole. Like I think, you know, look, our food in America isn't the cleanest, best food Mm -hmm. ever. Like you look at other people that are okay. You look at like Europe, right. Or Italy, right. They can eat all of this pasta and they can like smoke cigarettes, (laughs) like do whatever the fuck they want. And they don't seem to have like the rates of obesity that we have all of these different things. Well, because there's like I was just driving through and they drink so much wine. They drink so much wine. Why are you not fat? Pasta and pizza all day. Like that is a sure way to be obese. If I have two slices of pizza and a glass of wine at dinner, just let's say it's just regular. Wrecked. Goodbye. Like I will see you <laughs> on another time. Yeah. Like I cannot have it. I will be so sick. Like it is just, I mean, I'm swollen. And then like, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking about this, that like balance that we have to find within our body and like make it, and it has to be for you. Like we hear all these people are like, yes. this is the diet that is the way to go. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not the diet. Like, why don't you just like figure out like, like intermittent fasting. I accidentally was doing that for super long time Me too, yes. because I was like, and then everybody was like, you need to eat breakfast. And I was like, okay, I'll force myself to eat breakfast at 9 a.m. And then I would literally feel ill. Like I would feel sick to my stomach. And tired. And tired. And it's like, that doesn't work for me. Like I like to eat my meals between like 11 and freaking six. And that's just, and like, and that's what works for you. Some people wake up ravenous and they their biggest meal of the day is breakfast. Yeah. And that's great. But everybody's so different and like balancing it. And I thought about the cookie situation last night. It's like, should I have had cookies at nine o'clock at night in bed? No, 
no, I shouldn't have. We're human. And then this morning I'm on like my third, fourth cup of coffee because I'm trying to like get myself back to the balance. And it's like, well, the coffee's going to fuck me up in another three hours. So then how do you reset yourself to get back to where you need to be? But it's like, I'm feeling it today. Yeah. You're, it's interesting. Your microbiome girl is just oh, kidding. No. <laughs> it's fine. You'll be fine. You just have to, you know, hop back on. But I, right. it is, it is one big balancing act in like what works for you. So the gut is also like physically connected to the brain through millions of nerves. So our gut microbiome also affects the brain health by helping control the messages that are sent to the brain through these nerves. So pretty much like, you know, our gut can control what our brain is Mm. hearing or like the messages. Like, for example, you know, when we overeat, um, you know, and we're full, our gut sends that message to our brain, like stop eating but all you can eat sushi, you're like, I'll do one more, right? (laughs) Like, you're just like, I'm fine. And sometimes we push past those messages, but like, it's only to be in a world of hurt later. I mean, and you even think about that. Like, I remember being like, oh, I'm having a sushi baby. And like, I knew that after I ate sushi, I had to like get horizontal because I knew that my stomach was going to be so distended. I'm so full. (laughs) If I like, I cannot eat one more bite and it comes out. And then what do you do? You just push past that and your stomach's like, fuck. Yeah. SOS. Yeah. So how does this look in everyday life? So according to clevelandclinic.org, there are several familiar examples. When a person feels danger, the fight or flight response of the central nervous system is triggered at the same time that enteric nervous systems. Did I say that right? Yeah. Enteric. Yeah. So basically like our guts nervous system response is to slow is to slow down or stop digestion. This is done so that more of the body's energy can be diverted to the situation causing the threat. So I love this so much (laughs) because our bodies are so intricately, like they're just so cool and they're, Mm. you know, but like if there's a threat and I don't know if you're the same way, but my mind automatically goes to like intruder or someone like chasing me. Like, let me tell you, I am so stoked that our body does that because I don't want one ounce of my energy going to my fucking digestive tract at the time. Like I'm going to need all of that energy to move these little smoky legs (laughs) across the fucking ground away from that intruder. I'm going to need all of my energy to like beat that motherfucker that's in my house. (laughs) Right. Like we don't need it digesting our food at the time. Well, this goes back to, again, like I'm always going to be the person bringing up human design, but this goes back to like, how are you using your energy? Like your body and you only have so much energy. So if you are feeding your, your body, you now know we've now educated you on, we are in the process of educating you on gut health. We talked about the nervous system last week. Like if you're using, if your body is using energy to get yourself back to point blank, is that, can I say that phrase? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. To like where your baseline is, then you're not using your energy to do more important things. And maybe it's not even a fucking intruder in your house. Maybe it's literally like, you're not able to see a great opportunity right in front of you because you're so tired. You can't see that opportunity. Or maybe you're having like less than quality engagements with people because you know, you are, your body is like stressed and drained and like trying to get yourself balanced again. Totally. Your body does this naturally. So your body is built to like recalibrate you and it's constantly working to keep you at the highest functioning level. So it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be a threat. This is just like an extreme example of like when your body feels threatened, it's going to use all your energy and pull away from your digestive tract and give your energy to everywhere else in your body, like your brain, like how to get out of there or like physically move your body out of there. But like, 
I yeah. love this one, this next one too. The fear of public speaking also causes the, the digestive system to either slow down or speed up depending on the GI disorder yeah. and can cause abdominal pain and other symptoms. I don't know if you guys have ever been like about to do public speaking and all of a sudden you're like, I am going to crap my pants. Like I have I to know. get out of this immediately. You're like, okay, I'm going to step on this stage. You need me to go on the stage right now in this moment. Yeah. No, cause I'm going to need to go to the restroom. <laughs> that's how crazy, like our brain knows that we have something coming up and then it just like goes haywire in our gut. And like all I, I was like <laughs> laughing because like it never is, it's like in the research, it says your gut either slows down or speeds up and it freaking always speeds up. Like, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you love it to just slow down? Like, yeah, turn it off. Like, I won't have to worry about it right now, but instead it's like always sped up and you're about to go on the you're, stage and yeah. you're like, excuse me, I'm going to need a <laughs> 10 minute time out. Yeah. You're up there. You're like full, like stomach gurgling. That happens to me just every time. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just watching something too. It was like, it was like they're, it's a couple and they're like dating or like they're like newly dating. And it's like my girl, when I go to lay on her stomach and he like lays on her stomach and it's like immediately like gurgling and he thinks it's going to be all romantic and sweet. And it's just like a gurgly mess no. in there. Yeah. It's she's like, freaking nervous. She's like, Stressed as fuck. Yeah, like I can't sleep over tonight. Tonight is not the night. Also, don't go to sushi on a date <laughs> if you're nervous. Okay, well, let's, uh, with that, I mean, that is some practical application there, but let's talk about how to heal your gut with your brain. And this is all still from the Cleveland Clinic, so... We're going to talk to you guys about how to heal your gut with your brain and then also how to heal your brain with your gut, because that's the whole thing. It's like a two way street here. Mm -hmm. And for you to be like holistically healthy, then you need to like do both. And like, like I said about the doctors treating diseases and illnesses differently. It's like if you're having a gut issue, like maybe this is your like chance to check out your brain. Like what's going on? How am I feeling? What are my emotions? Mm -hmm. Right. Like when you were going through all your issues. Yeah. With your gut, like clearly something was going on with the brain as well. Well, the problem was, is that like we were he and I'm air quoting, like we were healing my gut supposedly, but in reality, my nervous system was so jacked. Like I was constantly on red alert. Like I was you never, were in the, you were in the fear, like fight or flight. It was mode. fight or flight, but there was no option to fight and there was no option. And I am like one or two. I am one of the two. Like I am naturally, we were just, um, in wine country with my girlfriends and they like deemed me the beacon of darkness. And they meant that in like the most loving way. And I do, I love them so much, but they were like all sunshiny and beautiful. And when you look at the pictures of us, I'm like in yeah, all black and that. I'm like a beast over these girls. And like, no, no, no. I mean that in the best way. Like nobody's that nobody feels like I feel that to my core. Like they're also especially small. Like my, one of my best friends is like five, one and mm -hmm. I'm six feet. Like yeah. we, there's a big difference. And, uh, but I just look so big next to them and I'm like, I am the bodyguard. Like I take on that role. And so if anything goes wrong or goes down, I'm like ready to fight. So to not have, be able to do either one of those things in the situation that I was in was like my, I, I almost felt like I was just like shutting down. Like, I just felt like everything was just like closing in. I don't know how to explain it. It's yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. I just feel like our gut is so strong in like, mm. you know, our brain knows things obviously and tells our gut. And so then our gut is just like a reaction of it. But like, have you ever had like that feeling of like when someone comes into the room that like maybe like, and I feel like a lot of oh, victims yeah, with like past abusers <clears throat> feel this, like someone comes into the room and like immediately they, their gut and like they get shivers up their spine yeah. and like their hair stands up and like 
that's our gut telling us like danger. And sometimes it's not real. And sometimes it is real, or sometimes it's just perceived to be real. Well, and I think that that's different for everybody because I always like some people have that gut, like gross feeling where they feel sick when a person walks in. Some people have the shivers up the spine. Some people have like, and immediately they feel like there is an emotional response to it. Like, and that goes back to like, you know, your intuition, the type of intuition that you have based on in again, human design. But like, for me, it was always instinctual. I could never explain it. And because I couldn't explain it and I didn't have like a physical reaction to it, it It seemed like it didn't matter. It seemed like it wasn't real. It seemed like it didn't matter. Like I was always told I was being dramatic or that like, I was, I always get told like, Oh my God, you're such a dick. You're so hard on people. I'm like, no man, I fucking know. Like I know this. I don't know why I know, but it just like is innate in me. And I get a, vibe from that person that is like danger instantly. Yeah. And I'm just like, I want out of the situation instantly. But, um, and usually, yeah. So I just think it's really interesting. And we talked about last week too, like how the nervous system is connected to the brain, mm-hmm. which you just talked about a second ago too. Cause you got to see it, which that sounds like the coolest thing in the entire world. It was really cool. And I just, when I was doing this research, I realized that like, okay, so the nervous system is obviously our brain and our spinal cord, right? Right. But there is one other part of our nervous system that I never realized. And it's our, the retina of our eyes. And it's the only part that is like potentially exposed outside of our like bodies, because like the other one is obviously in our brain, brain, our skull yeah, and then our spinal cord. But yeah, it's like so interesting, but doesn't that make sense? Because your retina and your brain, like your eyes and your brain have to bounce so much off of each other. And like, death perception and all of that. It's just like so interesting. And we were, I was, so we actually posted, we're starting to do like blog posts to like help our, um, our customers with their like mental health on Haven and flux. And I was talking about like the stress response last week and talking about how like cavemen were also highly stressed individuals. Like, but the difference was, is they didn't have all of this like content constantly being, you know, they had like a very like innate, were they super stressed that like something was going to eat them alive? Like, yeah. Were they stressed that like weather was going to mean that they weren't going to be able to get food or water? Like, yeah, those were probably in reality, like bigger stresses than what we face now, but our stresses are all of these like externals of what we should, how we should, like they were in a response. Like it was very instinctual. Whereas now we're in this constant state of conditioning of like what we should do based off of like what people think that we should do or how it should be and all of that. And so all of the shoulds is not real. Like you're constantly just putting yourself in this like highly stressful situation And it's not that stress is new. Stress has always been around. We just have a word for it now. And like, there are ways to manage manage it. And I think the other thing is like, cavemen ate clean. Like they ate meat and they ate what they could gather. So yeah, no, that makes so much sense. It's like, they were able to function at a really high level. They did have those threats. Mm -hmm. They did have threats of animals and not being able to have food, but our body still reacts the same way. Like, from those threats that they had in today's world is like, yeah, oh, I should do this because I'm trying to keep up with this person or that person's life is so much better. Like whatever it is, like we don't need to be feeling those feelings anymore. No. And like, we still react the same way. Right. And we don't need as clean. So we don't have the luxury. So like we're trying to fall asleep at night and we are not able to fall asleep because our body's in the fight or flight mode. Like we have a major threat coming. It's right. Like, relax. Because you decided to eat after eight and you had takeout yeah. like, and you, there were seed oils in there. Exactly. No. <laughs> no so, but 100%. I'm so 
how we can heal our gut with our brain. This like we're going to get into yeah. it. So like there's so many psychotherapies that may help ease persistent gastrointestinal distress or at least help people learn to cope with these symptoms. Right. Because so m- I've been hearing about more gut issues lately than I ever have my entire life. And so these are ways that we can focus on our brain and therefore then heal our gut. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, I mean, it seems basic, but these are real. And I think we need to incorporate them is like the relaxation therapy, meditation, yeah. progressive muscle relaxation. I don't know if you've ever done a meditation that does that. It is no. like crazy. So you're like, you like tense your muscle, like you start either at your feet or your head and like you tense all the muscles in that area and then you relax them. And then you can realize the difference between being tense and holding energy there and then actually relaxing. And it's so cool because by the end of it, your whole body is just like, oh wow. Because we don't even realize that we've been holding tension or like maybe we're like, you know, I don't know. I keep it in my shoulders. I don't know. My my shoulders are jacked. Yeah. So anyways, that's the progressive muscle relaxation, visualization and restful music. Oh my gosh. I would love to have her on here. I don't know if we could ever make that happen, but Mimi Bouchard has this um, app called superhuman on, and it literally is just like this this calming music and like her talking about how you're, you could either step into your full potential or like everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Like, right. And it's so, calming and like I need to get back into doing that because that was just so incredible why okay yeah no for real um there's so many apps out there that you know the calm app is great kind of a basic one um headspace I know is great but like these things work they've worked since the beginning of time so just try to you know incorporate some relaxation therapy the next one and also like Relaxation therapy works best with CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. And the goal of this approach is to help people with GI orders change their thoughts and behavior and emotional response to learn coping skills, and then they can better manage the anxiety and stress. Britain, tell us what BLFT is all about because you know it's my favorite place to shop. The Biggest Little Fashion Truck is a family-owned and operated boutique on wheels. We got started five years ago because I had this deep desire to make women feel more confident. And I found out that one of the many ways you can enhance your confidence was through clothing. Hence our why, confidence through clothing. We love some confidence in our lives. We pride ourselves in bringing back that old school expertise in customer service by providing an experience, whether it be at our pop-up events around town. We love the pop-up events. I'm at those with her all the time and they are fire. Or we have a storefront, the Babe Cave. We just want each and every babe to feel better and be ready to be seen after shopping with us. Shop us online at the Babe Cave or our pop-up events at local businesses around town. We can't wait to see you and a little something special we have for you. Use promo code BOB20 for 20% off your purchase online. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be shopping today. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions.
So this is something that I'm very passionate about because this is something that I saw the, you know, children and adults who have autism, they get these services within, you know, usually it's not covered well by, and it's not always covered by health insurance, but like, it's something that is, you know, offered to those clients. Um, unfortunately with, people who develop severe mental illnesses in their adult life, like schizophrenia, bipolar, anything with psychosis, they don't get the behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy that would really help them, um, and help them truly like manage, you know, the stress, the anxiety, the, so I just have to like put that in there. Cause it is, you know, mental health awareness month. No, and, 100%. and I think that like, you have to think about, I mean, look, even in, I'm not in CBT therapy, but like if think about if you didn't know how to do something, somebody has to teach you how to do that. Right. And if you have a mental illness and this is obviously a little bit different than that, but like, if you have a mental illness, like somebody has to teach you how to reset yourself back to like where you have to go. So I guess that's the reset no. part. Is yeah. Like, 100%. I love cognitive behavioral therapy for so many reasons. And it's just proven to work, especially with the relaxation therapy right. paired together. Um, because it changed, like it equips people to go out into the real world and like, to be like, okay, it prepares you for the situations mm -hmm. that typically maybe they've had an outburst in or, yep. um, you know, for addicts, maybe typically that's where they use. And it says, okay, like here you're in this situation, you need to change your emotional response and then you need to change your behavior right. in this situation. Right. And so it like really equips you to like live a healthier life. Right. But you know what? We all need this, not right. just people suffering right. from you know, disorders or people who are suffering from it. Like we all need this behavior because we all go into that fight or flight mode. We all have our own issues. Yeah. So another thing that we can do is gut directed relaxation training. So this is a combination of deep relaxing and positive suggestions, fo like focused on the GI function. And I know this sounds like it sounds weird, but like these things really do work. So an example would be a person placing their hands on their abdomen while asked to feel like warmth and imagine that they had control over their GI function. And this approach may be helpful for people whose symptoms occur even without obvious stress. So like some people who like just have IBS and they never know when it's going to hit mm -hmm. or they just suffer from it all day long. Like the idea of them having control over that and them meditating on that, like the idea that they can, their brain can actually control that makes them feel in control and like they can make a difference and not have to suffer from these, you know, abrupt symptoms every day. Look, the, the, your brain is gathering. You're only understanding 10% of what your brain is gathering at any given point. You might be feeling something in your body that you have no idea why you're feeling that way. And like, again, going back to what you were saying earlier, people who experience trauma are more in tune to that. So like, because they've had these experiences, even though they don't know why they're having a reaction to something, they're having a reaction to something because they have the data in their mind. It's in like the web chaos mess. And that's impacting your gut all day long. So, and a big thing that I've noticed lately, like, cause I've been dealing with like trying to control. I, I struggle with control. I like to have control. And so, um, to me, like, that's just such, hearing like gut directed relaxation training, like seems so, um, like it gives me like a good feel because it's like, okay, I can control, like, it's just reminding your body and your brain that like you are actually in control and like you can control the way you feel towards your gut. I think a big thing too is like, we, I think we talked about social anxiety last week. Like you can 
say all day you have social anxiety. What, you're just never gonna leave your fucking house? Mm -hmm. Like, you're just not gonna do it? Like, you have to go out and do it. And it's like, okay, you can recognize all day long that you have gut issues all day long. And so like be a victim. To, I mean, that's not fun. Like never horrible. knowing when you have to run to the bathroom or just like feeling completely backed up all the time. Like neither of those situations are. Oh, it was like borderline anorexic at one point, not intentionally, but it was literally because it was like, I don't want to eat this food because I am horrified at what's going to happen to my body. Or like, I can't eat this right now because I have to go to a meeting at X, Y, and Z place. And I can't be sitting with the head buyers at Nordstrom and like, about to throw up all over their table. Like, and so what message is that sending to your gut? A, right. you don't deserve to eat, essentially. And right. B, like your gut's not going to be able to absorb those nutrients. And so it just runs it through. So right. like all of those fears like play it. But, but those are brain fears right, that you exactly. can like retrain. And that's why I'm saying like this gut thing, like holding your hand on your gut and just being like, yo, I got you. Like mm -hmm. this is like a safe space. You're in a safe space. Like I'm going to take care of you is like it makes me feel joy. Right. And there's, I mean, for real, and it's like something that we can do. It costs zero money. Yep. It takes time and a little bit of like deliberate attention and it yeah. can really help. So if you're, you know, I mean, I feel like everyone is suffering from some type of gut issue right now. If yeah. you're not Godspeed, good for you. Yeah. Gut or brain issue. But the, the last one is biofeedback. So this is a technique that treats a person how to control automatic body responses. So an example of this would be learning how to control your heart rate or temperature with the assistance of electronic device that provides feedback on these functions. Biofeedback in combination with other stress and illness management has produced positive health effects massively. Like mm -hmm. this makes so much sense. Like if you can get feedback on why your body is reacting in certain ways and you can alter those ways and adapt and then you're going to be well on your way to a healthier life. So yeah, I think that even within the biofeedback piece of this, like a huge thing that I take away is like, how do you can, again, apparently I have severe control issues, but control automatic body responses mm -hmm. like you, this is training, right? We talk about being an athlete all the time. <clears throat> like if you are, for example, going to be Okay, I was just with all my girlfriends this weekend and they were like, why are guys' asses so great in those football pants? And I'm like, because they have to explode off the line. Uh -huh. And so that requires like a lot of, and they were just trying to look at how, like guys with great asses. And I was over here yeah, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I let was like, let me explain why. to you how that happens. <laughs> so they have to explode off the line, which means they have to have really strong like glute strength and like quad strength. Like their legs have to be like super fucking strong to do that. But imagine if they didn't train that like automatic body response like that muscle group every single day to make sure that they could perform at the ultimate level of competition. Like imagine if they didn't do that. Okay. Well now imagine that for yourself. Like if you are not learning how to control your automatic body responses within the gut or like, you know, you hear about cold plunges, like those are supposed to be great for digestion because you're forcing, you're going into a very like extreme climate and you're getting to a point where your body wants to fight or flight, but you're not letting it. And you're letting your body know, like, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. Like, this is okay. Taking the deep breaths, all of that. So, like, there are other ways to do that. Like, it's about to get real cold in that lake. So, y'all can go do some plunges over there. Oh, my gosh, we should do that. We should do that. That would be fun. No, um, I mean, that makes so much sense. It's just, like, rewiring your brain to make it so that you can function at the highest level. Mm -hmm. And, like, that you don't have to be a victim to all these things that are happening in your gut. And, like, maybe, like I said, you don't have gut issues, 
write us and let us know how you do that. Um, But so how to heal your gut with your brain, relaxation therapy, meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, visualization, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, changing your behavior and your emotional response in certain situations, Um, gut directed relaxation training, you know, um, placing your hands on your gut and really training your brain. We Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time on that one and then biofeedback. So now we're going to talk about how to heal your brain with your gut. And mm-hmm. these are pretty, this is like a little bit more obvious. Yeah. Um, and we can kind of run through these pretty quickly. Yeah. But how you can heal your brain with your gut is, you know, I guess like what we're going to talk about is the best and worst foods for your gut bacteria, according to Healthline. Yep. So eat a diverse range of foods. Um, you know, this will give you a diverse microbiome, which now we know is the most important thing in our gut and it helps us, you know, not only break down the foods, but also absorb the nutrients. So mm-hmm. when you eat, like, you know, they say eat the rainbow, when you eat a wide variety, you have more microbiome and then you're able to digest more. I think that this is like, and before we get into this, because we're going to talk a lot about like what to eat in this situation. And I just want to like preface by saying that, like, it's really important that you do figure out how to like really get your um, nervous system under control so that you can like listen to your body intuitively because, and if you haven't listened to our last episode, I would highly recommend going and doing that and like potentially even going on Haven and Flux's editorial and looking there and doing some research on how to get your nervous system under control. Because what I've noticed too, and I, um, I'm anemic. So basically my body will like tell me like, I'm anemic, but I'm also like, I have thalassemia and like my mom has hemochromatosis. So basically like our iron levels are kind of fucked up. They're like all over the place. Like we could have too much at one point. We could have too little at another point. So I'm usually in the too little space, but I don't want to get it to the too much space ever. So I don't use supplements like iron. I just listen to my body. So like sometimes I will get intense cravings for red meat. Like I will literally know when my period's coming because I will get the most intense cravings for red meat. Like I have to have just like a bloody steak Mm -hmm. and other times I'm craving salmon. Other times I like, there was a period where I just like ate broccoli nonstop. It was like all I could put in my body. So think about that too, is like learn to listen to the, your cravings. If they're sugar cravings, those are not the ones to be listening to. No, try to wean off of those. But no, that makes, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And like, just everybody's body is different. Your Mm -hmm. body and your gut, like it's so connected because like when you eat something that you feel it's healthy for you, like for example, when you satisfy that craving for red meat, your, your brain is triggered too. So like your whole body is working in like this chemistry and just like in this amazing, right. What am I trying to say? All at once, like, like ecos, your ecosystem. Yeah. And it just, so, and so you're going to feel better. Yeah. You have endorphins going like all of it. And so like, listen to what your body wants, you know? And it's weird because like, I've never had this before in my life, but like now I like crave like beans. Like it's so yeah. weird, like garbanzo beans and like weird stuff like bean and cheese burritos are like my right. thing. And it's like, why? It's like, cause I needed that extra protein, but right. I didn't need it from animal protein. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, eat fermented foods. So we've talked about, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but I feel like it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like there's that huge, like sauerkraut thing, yeah. you know, like it's trending. Yeah. So yogurt, sauerkraut, you know, all of those things that give that like healthy bacteria, it can, re- it reduces the amount of like disease causing species in the gut. So mm-hmm. it reduces the bad bacteria and replenishes the good bacteria essentially. Yeah. 
Another big one is limit your intake of artificial sweeteners. So some evidence has shown that artificial sweeteners like aspartame increase blood sugar by stimulating the growth of unhealthy bacteria. And um, we don't want any of that. I feel like there was such a huge rise in low calorie foods, you know, early or like 80s, 90s, early 2000s, like diet, everything. Everyone was so worried about calories that they were eating anything in this artificial sweetener. Yeah. You know, like they say that, you know, obviously soda is bad for you, but real Coke is better than diet Coke. I was just going to pull this up because my girlfriend's, my friend Alex is like, it was her birthday this weekend. And she is like so upset. Like her body is so sensitive to things that like, she is so in tune with her body that like, she is so specific about what she puts into it. So we were like, just fucking with her. And we were like, would you rather have Coke or Coke? Like cocaine. And she was like, She's like, what the fuck kind of question is this? She's like, but also I would rather have like bottled Coke from Mexico. And we were like, that wasn't on the list. Like it wasn't on the list. You had to pick between the two. She's like, because they use actual sugar cane that's and exactly, it's in a glass bottle. That's exactly yeah. what she no, said. I, it's true. And like everyone was so worried about the 140 calories that were in a Coke. And now they're eating this actual artificial didn't exist prior to human making it. Like, of course our microbiome right. can't break it down. Right. So limit your intake of artificial sweeteners. Um, the next one is eat prebiotic foods. This is such like a hot word, prebiotic, probiotic, but artichokes, bananas, asparagus, oats, apples, they have like a certain type of fiber that stimulates the growth of the healthy bacteria that we mm. want. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have artichokes tonight. That sounds fucking good. Um, I'm going to talk about this one as if I know. Well, I think this is for the moms. Yeah. Like, I just think, I think it's just like a natural kind of knowledge and literally no offense if this isn't for you or you didn't, but like breastfeeding is important for the gut biome. And that makes sense. Doesn't it? It's like a baby. It doesn't. So you develop your gut biome the first five years of your life. Right. And so when you're trying to develop it, you want as many, like the wide variety and all of that. But like at first you want to keep it as like simple as possible mm-hmm. so that they can develop. So breastfeeding right. helps that. If, if you can, and if you're able to, and right. I would also say that just like, as your kids develop, like if I would pay based off of what you just said, like pay very close attention to what you're feeding them. All of those little packaged snacks, like are those really good for those, you know, those like little puff puff things or whatever. Right. Why did I just make that sound like it came directly from a dispensary? <laughs> They sound great. <laughs> I'm obviously a mother. <laughs> um, anyway, so. No, I mean, it makes sense. Like what you put on your skin. I mean, all of us need right. to pay attention to that. As we get older, we're able to like replenish our microbiome and kind of like recalibrate it. But it is really established as babies and as children. And so it's so important yeah. to try to build a strong foundation for as we get older. Mm-hmm. Um Eat whole grains. Yeah. Unless you're like me and you're allergic to them. Um, they contain a lot of fiber and ben- beneficial carbs like beta glucan, glucan, glue something, which are digested by bacteria to benefit weight, cancer risk, diabetes, and other disorders. So if you are gluten intolerant, like I am, I'm also allergic to ancient grains. I can have like some rolled oats, mm-hmm. um, but there are, it is important and you do need to find it. And I do notice that I have to supplement fiber in other ways because I don't get it from this space. Right. So and that just goes back to finding out what works for mm-hmm. you, right? Not everyone is the same, but, um, take a probiotic supplement, you know? Yeah, I do that. I take both. I yeah. take two. They're actual live bacteria that restore the gut. 
Um, and they like kind of, they like related to like reseeding. So when you take a probiotic, it's like planting new seeds in your gut of like healthy Ooh, bacteria. I yeah. love that analogy. Right. So try to do it. I mean, it's hard to get probiotics to actually make it down, but you have some really good ones. The Thrive ones. Yeah, I have, th- about. I have Thrive ones. I have two. They're both in like a pill form and I really love them. I think it's called Just Thrive. I, we can put a link for it. Um, I also think eating foods rich in polyphenols is really good. So those are plant compounds found in, I just got off a wine trip, which is why I'm excited about this. Red wine, green tea, dark chocolate, olive oil, and whole grains. So they're broken down by the microbiome to stimulate healthy bacterial growth. I also would love to give everybody a little hot tip. If you get hangovers really badly, I learned this weekend that if you, before you start drinking, have a cup of green tea. It's so rich in antioxidants that it actually helps you with the hangover because antioxidants help, um, decrease hangovers. Oh my gosh. Yep. Good to know. Um, and then the last one is take antibiotics only when necessary. So we know this, and this is another thing that like, you know, obviously antibiotics are amazing and they have preserved our lifespan and we're able to live so much longer because we no longer die from diseases that we used to die from, but they kill the good and the bad bacteria in your gut microbiome. And so when you are on heavy or consistent antibiotics, your microbiome is so messed. So you can see like, and that's where your immune lives. And so you're more likely to get sick again. So try to limit your antibiotics, Mm -hmm. you know, only when necessary. And, um, you know, another thing that can happen is if you take too much antibiotics, you can become resistant to them. And so just, you know, I think that we were just so happy and we were like, to have something like this that like doctors would just prescribe over prescribe them. And then now we're in this place where right. everyone has gut issues. So it kind of makes sense. Well, and I think this just like, and we can close on this piece, but basically like the whole concept here is that like back in the day, and that's why I brought up the cavemen, like they didn't have quite as many, and maybe they didn't know about them like gut issues. Right. Because the food that they were ingesting didn't have like I mean, I'm not kidding you. Every single thing that I try to buy that is in a package has seed oils in it. Mm -hmm. And like, how is that healthy? Why are we not using olive oil? Like at one point we were also told that you shouldn't have any fatty foods. Well, like fatty foods are really good for skin health and like, but, and they also satiate you so that you're not like super hungry. You shouldn't start your day with, with just only grains because you, your body processes those faster than other things like fats and proteins. And so therefore you're hungrier faster and then you're gaining weight. So all of these like caloric things that we're supposed to be doing and all of these, like if you were to eat at every single meal, a green, a fiber, a fat and a protein, you would be in such good shape and make it colorful like the rainbow. You would feel great if it was all natural and clean and like didn't come out of a package. That would be even better for you. And we're going to get into this probably next week, but talking about like supplements, I take so many freaking supplements and it's because all of the food that we ingest now has all of these things that I'm constantly trying to counteract. It's like the cookie thing we just talked about. Like Mm -hmm. I ate the cookies last night. There was no refined sugars in there, but it was too much sugar. I ate it right before bed. And then this morning I'm trying to counterbalance by having four cups of coffee. Right. And it's not even, it's 1130. Yeah. And like, you know, our food system, there's no way to 
nutritionally get everything that we need. So supplements are a great way. Obviously yeah. it's better to get it from the food if you can, but supplements are a great way. I think that um, one thing I want to say just before we wrap is to just like reiterate this gut brain connection and how yeah. strong it is in, you know, all this new research that is coming out about it. I have two things that I want to say that like, we'll just really prove this point is okay. So researchers have been taking the gut microbiome out of people who are happy, healthy, you know, believe in God or just like have a good life, right? right? They are mentally stable. And then they also take the gut microbiome from someone who maybe suffers from schizophrenia or dissociative personality disorder, yep. meaning that they, you know, we used to call it split personality disorder. Yep. And they can look at these two microbiomes under a microscope and they can tell the difference right. when they transfer the microbiome from, you know, the, the person that's suffering from a mental disorder to the healthy person, that healthy person starts, well, they did it in rats. That healthy rat starts to show symptoms and signs of Alzheimer's schizophrenia. It's so strong. You guys, your gut has such a huge effect on your brain health and it is just, you know, take care of your gut. It'll take care of your brain. Take care of your brain. It'll take care of your gut. You guys, let's change the system so that our foods can be like much better in America and mm -hmm. not so processed and bad for us. Right. Let's I don't do want it. secret nonsense in my food. No. Give me the good stuff. Right. Exactly. So do your research. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and I know this is probably all overwhelming, but I think that something that you can do is just start small, make one small change. And the changes that we can make today without having to uproot our lifestyle are taking care of our brain, doing relaxation therapies, you know, yeah. taking time for yourself and um, trying to figure out why your gut's acting the way it is and then vice versa. So, yep. You know, thanks for listening. Hey. You guys know the drill. You know it. Follow along, Brit on Blast, and find us at BLFT Reno, Haven and Flux, and Murdoch Hats and Apparel online. We love it when you guys like the show, subscribe to it, review, repost, tag us, tell us what you like, tell us what you didn't like, slide into our DMs. You know all the things. Um, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Brit on Blast. Cheers, y'all. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.